Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. Uh, my name is Ben James and today, tonight rather, I'm joined by our two rugby writers, Simon Thomas and Andy Hal. We've just got back from the Principality Stadium to see Wales, uh, a rather comfortable victory, shall we say, uh, 38 points to 14 against Italy. What do we make of it, chaps? Well, it's Sunday night for one thing, isn't it? It feels a bit odd to be doing it on a Sunday. It was. Uh, we did wonder a little bit, you know, after yesterday with two kind of titanic tussles, really, with uh, Scotland, Ireland, and uh, England, France. Whether this might be a little bit of the, of the uh, forgotten game of the weekend, and clearly it was probably the one that was less focused on. At times, you did feel like it was a bit of lack of intensity. But you have to say, from a Welsh perspective, it was pretty much mission accomplished. 38-14, very comfortable margin of victory. Uh, five tries, and crucially the bonus point, which as Warren Gatton said afterwards, has uh, meant that their destiny is now in their own hands in terms of finishing second. They're a point clear in second. It means uh, a bonus point win of France next week. It means definitely they will finish second. And a win in, it, in itself might be enough, depending on results elsewhere. And people say, well, does it really matter being second? Well, it matters in one respect very much. There's about three, there's about over three million reasons why it's important to finish second because um, that's the, the level of prize money you get for finishing in that position. But the team will want to do so as well because it will, will be a sign then of some in progress having made. And if you think about it, there were 10 changes made today. Potential banana skin. People talking about was this taking disrespect to Italy. Well, they got the job done. And um, collectively, some positives. Individually, a lot of positives. And it's on to France now. I think Simon has uh, summed it up quite nicely, Ben. Thank so, you, Andrew. So, so well, in fact, we might as well go home yeah. now. Because <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't left us with much to say. No, it was, a, uh, I thought, a, in parts, it was a decent performance. It did get a bit scrappy, didn't it, after the um, sort of uh, opening uh, quarter. But then Wales uh, finished strongly. And I guess that, uh, uh, some lads, uh, I would pick um, uh, Justin Tiprich, um Owen Watkin, and uh, maybe Thomas Francis put their hands up to start against uh, uh, France and uh, to look before tell captain Wales today for the first time on his comeback from injury of course he'll definitely be uh, starting in uh, that game there is a couple of question marks I think Wales uh, need to decide who to play on the uh, on the left wing where to keep Steph Evans or move uh, Liam Williams there or maybe bring in uh, Alan uh, uh, Amos um, but, uh, you know, Wales got everything to play for next week. It's a huge match because if results go against them, they could end up finishing fifth in the table. It's not just the prize money, which is significant, but there's pride, isn't there? And there's, um, and there's uh, you know, wanting to finish as high as possible and show they develop him for the World Cup. Yeah, I think, I think you two have summed it up very well there, uh, which leaves me even less to say. But, yeah, I suppose if you were going to write a script beforehand, this is... How you would have expected that script to go, wasn't it? It was a game where no, <laughs> no, not necessarily because well, I didn't expect Wales to score two tries in the opening six minutes. I think that was a bonus. Of course, they both came yeah. off in a sense Italian mistakes. The centre got his. Uh, it was a great uh, line run by Adley Parks, uh, which wrong-footed the centre, but he, the centre still should have made that tackle. And then the next try, of course, was uh, came from an interception. So I didn't expect Wales to get such a good start. 
and I think that's a, you know straight away is set up and down. Uh, well, this was one way where it like, didn't yeah. go according to the script was that you probably didn't see Wales being down to thirteen men at one stage. <laughs> Uh, obviously lost Liam Williams just before halftime and she will talk about that a bit more lost Gareth Davis as well um, what impressed me was the way they handled those that period you know you look at the second half they came out down to 14 men straight away turned up the heat went up to another gear got a really well taken try finished off by Corey Hill and that to me gave them a bit of breathing space and you could just see that going through them and then they, they dealt with Gareth, Willi- Gareth Davis being off as well and as that second half progressed, I think that as they realised the game was won, you could just see a bit more flow because it had been very stop-start. So many delays with scrums and TMOs, just oh, endless, endless. I think that as I well, wish I could have just gone yeah. fast forward at sometimes during that, that game. That was the point I sort of making. If you were writing a script, that was it, wasn't it? It, it was. It was a game where you know we make ten changes. There's flashes of brilliance from the game breakers we have, but ultimately it's a broken game. And that, that's what effectively it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the Corey Hill uh, try finished the game, really, didn't it? Probably was yeah. like 24-7. Uh, Italy had it. You know, Italy needed a score, didn't they, first in the second half, and they would have been right back in it as a contest, but that, that killed them off. I think their heads dropped a bit uh, afterwards, I must say. I was uh, so sorry for uh, uh, Sergio Parisi, one of the greats of the game. And do you know what? That was his, am I right, Ben? That was his 99th test defeat. That was his 99th test defeat. How does he, man, keep going? About the 99th time he's been asked after a match about whether Italy should be in the Six Nations. He wasn't actually asked. It was Conor O'Shea who was asked And you should have seen the look on Perez. He says, here we go again. They're constantly having to justify themselves, aren't they? But the trouble is, that's 16 Six Nations defeats in a row. So I ask you, Andrew... Should there be promotion and relegation? Yeah, there should be anyway. There should be a playoff. Even if Wales finish bottom or England finish bottom, whoever, there should be, I'm not saying each season, but certainly every two seasons, there should be a promotion, relegation, playoff. Because if it's a championship, you'll be in championship. Shouldn't be no different than in, uh, in, uh, in football, in a sense. Are you allowed to compete for the top prize? Yeah, I wouldn't hugely disagree. Funny enough, yeah. funny enough, you see there's another up and coming nation now, Spain. In Germany today in front of a I don't know what size stadium they were playing in I guess it was in the uh, in Madrid's ground but apparently they filled the stadium to their victory over Germany today um, Right so yeah let's um, I suppose enough of the Six Nations revamp talk we'll, we'll, we'll get on to the, the, the game in hand which was Wales-Italy um, let's I think let's break down some of the individual performances I suppose the big story before kickoff was one man and one man alone that was James Cubbyboy Davis wasn't it really he had a great start today I think his first action was to win typical Cubbyboy style um, a breakdown penalty getting over the ball great start for him bit mixed after that there was the one knock on was nice into passing yeah. between Corey Hill and Nicky Smith and didn't quite go to hand and he did give away a bit of a silly daft penalty where he had a bit of a late hit on Tommaso Alan wasn't it and I, I think Warren Gatlin said afterwards it would be stupid that one but it was you know he listened for a first cap it was, it was very creditable um, but it was interesting Andrew wasn't it that uh, after the game that when he was asked about James Davis that Warren Gatlin made a point that swiftly reasonably swiftly moving on to Justin Tipperick who I think has made a big big play for that seven jersey or a place in the back row next week against France based on what Mr Gatlin said afterwards I'd be amazed if Justin Tipperick isn't wearing number seven next week would that be harsh on Navidi and maybe James Davis Justin Tipperick is a better player than both of them simple that's a fair point I suppose in my opinion (laughs) I suppose you could argue it was it was not unfair, but it was unfortunate for Justin Tipperick that having been Sam's understudy for so long that he missed out on a place 
last yeah. autumn and the was, yeah, yeah, injury, injuries came in a wrong yeah, time yeah, obviously, it yeah. was a very different yeah. role for Tipperick today playing at six you know you have to do a lot more of the unseen grafting he, he was clearly a key man in the line now as we suspected yeah. he was going to be what Gatlin made a big point of mentioning was his line speed and defence and also his work over the ball I think you know Gats has often talked about you know he's great in the wide channels but or how much of the nitty gritty he can do, and you saw that, and he can bring that nitty gritty with the. Uh, as the game opened up, you saw him getting involved a lot more out in the wing to score that try. Yeah, he he came into it more and more. I, I do think he will start at seven next year. I think Shingler will come back in at six. Hallett's was nailed down at eight, and I think that will be the starting back row, probably with Navidi covering the bench. Hey, listen, yeah. it's good you've got options and strength, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I said about Tipperish, he's he's a better player than the other two, which I believe. But, um, uh, you know, one thing I've got to say, it's a lot easier today over the ball than it was against Ireland, or, or England for that matter, because the Italians often lack support, their ball presentation wasn't as good, and you get a chance to get in on a the ball then, with the rules as they are these days, if the ball presentation is good, the support is there, it's almost impossible to win a turnover. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing, yeah, Ireland, I can accept that, because we were dominated the breakdown, but you, you look at England the last two weeks, against Scotland and against France last night, they have been non-existent at the breakdown, really, haven't they? That's why they lost both matches. Yeah, because of the back row. Is there an argument maybe that we, we, we've, we've come onto this idea of playing, with, with the greater respect to Josh Navidi, an out-and-out open side a bit too late in this campaign? Well, there was an argument, given the way Wills have looked to play, which is ball in hand, 15-man game, continuity, offloads, that perhaps if you're going to play that Scarlet-style game, what you need to take it to the... Nth degree, the final piece in the jigsaw is a is a kind of James Davis, Justin Tiberic, genuine out and out open side who can pop up in those wide channels. Well, the Josh Navidi, but Navidi twice, Navidi twice against Ireland gives the scoring pass in a wide channel, so he can do that yeah, role yeah, as well. Yeah. It, it's a tricky one, you know. Ca- Listen, who's the best seven in Wales? That's what you've got to work. That's what it all yeah. comes down to. If everyone's fit, who's the best seven in Wales? You think it's Tipperick. Yeah. To be fair, the point I was making, it was less about the offensive side because, you know, Navidi's a brilliant ball captain. Yeah. He, he does have that. But it was more the, the breakdown work mm. where, you know... Johnny May's second try, we did not slow them down. Yeah, once. I mean, the interesting thing was the difference in that. Yeah, game. the interesting thing for me would have been if you'd have had Tipperick and James Davis in Ireland, would they have been that much more effective? I have to be honest, I haven't, I haven't watched this game for 40 years. It's a long time since I've seen a team as proficient as retaining the ball as Ireland. They did it again. I know Scotland got in a couple of times on them, but they're incredible. They're an absolute yeah. machine yeah. going oh, forward, retaining that's... possession. And I think that's why they have rightly won this championship. I've not seen anything that's like right. it for that's years. That's why they're one of the best teams in the world. Oh, that's, 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 why, that's, why I, that that's why I disregarded Ireland. But England, the back row isn't all it's cracked up to be. The laws yeah. have affected yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, their ball retention is the worst in the yeah. Six Nations. So, yeah, we, plus, at the time, we said it was a game for yeah. Sam Warburton. It was a game. But the Ireland game, in particular, the, the thing yeah, about England, where we struggled was... They're straight up the middle ball carrier. Yeah. That, the likes of launch period. So they were always going forward. And when you're constantly going backwards, it is that much harder. And that was the key difference in that game, really. Same in Ireland, we go backwards all the time. It was yeah. quite passive, the defence, wasn't it? There is still yeah. this issue, isn't it? Because I, I like the way Wales are looking to play. I like the ambition of it. But there are gonna, you are going to come up against those sides and say, fine, you want to play like that, we'll take it up the guts against you. And then you've got to be able to yeah. answer that as well. And that's quite tricky, you know, to have that... An all-court game, 
means an all-court game in attack and defence. Yep. And that's the balance Wales are striving for. What's the best group to do that? I think having Falato back make, makes a big difference. James Davis made 18 tackles today, you know, yep. so he did do that defensive role. Interesting for me, in a little stat, Gareth Anscombe, I think he was already on how many, was it 55 minutes, Something 60 like minutes? 14, minutes. 14 minutes. tackles. Second, second most, wasn't it? 14 yeah. tackles, you know, that, that shows that that is an area that Wales are yeah. aware of as well. Why was he able to make so many tackles? Because that's it, where they, they were coming at. That's where they were coming down that channel, mm-hmm. he yep. did that job. Right so, uh, hey, listen, Wales are developing as a side, it's just finding that right balance between attack and then having the ability to dog as well. Yeah, England's problem is obviously we're not believing a bowler. Not having an open out, out and out seven isn't such an issue when you've got a, a juggernaut like him making you go forward the whole time. Yeah. Mm. You know, Wales struggled at breakdown against them as well because uh, Wales were on the back, in a, certainly in the first half, Wales were on the back foot in that match. And also, if you remember Maybe what happened in the France England game in Paris, France caused England a lot of problems with the breakdown. We're now going to be up against France, a very physical side. Quite efficient in the breakdown. Even Bastro was winning turnovers, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's good. Hey, that is interesting. What? Hey. What? You, you just said, you know, you've just said something really important there. But Bastro winning, winning turnovers because very often some of the some of the most important players on the pitch winning turnovers are centres. Jonathan Davis wins them for Wales. Brian O'Driscoll. Brian O'Driscoll and Gordon Darcy, masters of the turnover. Conrad Smith in over the ball. Mm. You know, the centres very often the action's taking place out there, isn't it? The open side centre's got it. You know, he's that's why you know, just that's why Justin Tipbridge, such a great all-round player, he's don't almost say, like a centre at times. <laughs> no, you go. Well, you know what we haven't. I saw Martin Williams, the great Martin Williams, thinks as well. Justin Tipbridge could play centre. You know what we haven't talked about yet, and we probably should have. Been, you know, we're going to have to come around to it at some point. It's one of the big talking points to come of the game. It didn't affect the game in the end, but the yellow card and Liam Williams. Yep. No. And Gareth Davis. Gareth Davis as well. I mean, Gareth Davis. I think, I think the, the Gareth Davis one, you know, a one handed interception, not too much argument over that. Yeah, but why go for the one handed interception? It's needless. Why? Good mistake, yeah. But I mean, the Anscombe one became a huge talking point. And not Anscombe, sorry, the Liam Williams. Liam, yeah. Liam Williams became a huge talking point immediately. You know, you know it was like on social media these days. The game's gone soft, is all <laughs> I was seeing on my timeline. What did you think, And Yellow card? No card? Red card, what do you think? No card. What? No card. Why? It's only from that one camera angle at slow motion that it looked dangerous. He came in, he clearly uh, came in to tap the guy. The guy's uh, dipping as well. Used his arm, went in there, and the guy dipped into his uh, into his shoulder. If you saw that at full speed, I don't think Liam Williams is at fault at all. Myself. What I think, as, as soon as Jerome Garces looked at it yeah. and reviewed it, was it always be. he was always going to be a card because if you look at the directives, they're quite clear. <laughs> Any tackle above the shoulders now is considered a dangerous tackle. And from November 2016, they brought in extra guidelines which about sanctions for such tackles. And it is quite clear they consider it reckless. And once there is viewed that there is reckless contact above the, the shoulders and the neck, therefore, is included in the head, it's either a yellow or a red card. There's no debate. Once okay. you make contact with that area. So what about if the person you're tapping slips? Doesn't matter. First. So doesn't you're matter. at fault, even if you're committed to the tackle. Well, and he cl- slips into you. You've seen them this season. I'm not saying this incident. We've seen it this season. You know, with people Surely like, so, you need, um, that's where top referees are where Nigel Owens come into play because they got an empathy for the game and they take all that. The trouble is, and once, he, once he'd looked at the replays and once that one angle showed a contact with, with 
It was Liam's upper arm and his shoulder making contact with Zodi's neck. It was always going to be a card. The only, yeah, but it doesn't matter as long as his one angle shows that. Lots of people will out there will say the laws are crazy. I don't agree with them, but those are the laws the referees are having to work under at the moment. And under those guidelines, the point is, if he hadn't yellow card him, it would just be cited in the anyway. He wasn't going to give anything. It was a TMO alerted him to it. Once he looked at it, then and once he slowed it down, and the only issue was the colour. And I think the the things that maybe saved him from being red, uh, Marius Jonker, the, the TMO, referred to it as being medium force in the head. And there is also the yeah. fact that as he makes the tackle, he does wrap his arm. If it had been just a show, sure. straight shoulder charge oh, into the neck, yeah. and I think those two factors meant it wasn't red. But any contact above the neck, above the shoulders, to the neck or head, is now a card. End of. Right. So you got an issue then with the fa- uh, the Falatel tackle on there, which laid out Tommaso Allen. They outside half. When did Valatola's arm go round? Do I don't think there was contact above the shoulders there. I know, was, but did his mid, arm get round before he before he smashed him? I think there was a wrap in the tackle. And there was an attempt, wasn't there? Oh, there was an attempt. So was Liam Willis. My point is, Liam Willis making an attempt at wrap. Yeah, and that's what saved him from a red is what I'm telling you. Yeah. Point was, there is, issue, the, was there an issue with timing with a Valatola tackle? It was very I think you looked... You, I mean, it was replayed enough <laughs> times that if there had been something wrong... I suppose the other thing with Liam Williams and, and Gatlin pointed this out was Wales had a penalty advantage mm. uh, and he was always going to come out for a penalty Steph Emerson had knocked it on in goal it wasn't, wasn't going to achieve an awful lot was yeah, it? <laughs> I, know, I know there's the old adage on you play for the whistle because you know you never know what could possibly happen but hey, listen, it's in goal did he need to go nah, in Gat- Gatlin made it clear in his own view yeah. he had no issue with the yellow card that was a fair decision he made the decision then not to put Liam back yeah, on, what's, what's sending, out, sending out a message to him, really, hasn't he? Yeah, he sent out a message to him. And do you know what? Did the really same... interested me then. And now it shows how fickle the rugby supporter is. Or people, well, when I say rugby supporter, people who go and watch Wales play, I can say. Because a couple of months ago, what was that? Huge clamour. Lee Fanny, get, get, him, get rid of him. <laughs> kick him outside at full-back. Liam Williams got to play full-back. Set, set up. Lee Penny scored a couple of tries first match of the championship. There's one uh, public favour back playing really well. Guess what? When he came on for the substitute, there's a massive cheer for Lee Halfpenny coming on. Now, a few months ago, the cheers would have been for Liam Williams. What is going on? We're a fickle nation. I mean, it was interesting that Gatland, <laughs> in both his interviews I heard today, referred to Liam as an emotional player, an emotional yeah. character. And he, he can't get probably a little bit het up about it, things, you know. I think he took a bang, didn't he, in midway through that first half, was feeling his sort of um, abdomen area, which obviously has been the problem with. Yeah. And then immediately after that, he went in off his feet and gave a penalty, where you could always sense the blood was rushing. And then just before half time, you can imagine he's flying over to support the cross kick, which goes over Steph Evans's head. He sees the Italian guy, Mazzoni, on the line. I'm going to hit him hard. Just goes high. I think, just, just goes I think in fairness gone. to him, I think in fairness to him, he did try to dislodge the ball. Yeah. If he did dislodge the ball in touch and go, the ball is live then. There's yeah. a chance yeah. someone fall on it for a try. If you could hit him, I mean, I go back to um, in Nelsbrut 2014. I, I, for a split I, second, I, I, I thought he made one of the great tackles of all time. Yeah, but that, 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 that's, hang on. That's, and then we saw the, it again. For the, uh, yeah, George, for the record, for the record <laughs> that penalty try occurred because. George North missed their winger. Was it corner there, Hendricks? With a, yeah, you know, with a, it was like Liam's missed a day on the Italian fullback for their try. Should never miss that guy. Griffo, and that could have been the other. Uh, you know, Liam could have still been head up about missing that out early on. Yeah, because uh, you know that was a. Hey, listen, it wasn't a great half 
for the end all no, round. Why not? So now we have to look at it. What does Gatlin do? Is it in Gatlin's nature? He's given a bit a little bit of a, a public rollicking here, isn't he? You know, he made it clear, wasn't happy about it. So will he now say, right, you're out the next game against France? Or is he the kind well, of character who will say, right, go and, pr- go and no, show me what you yeah, can do? i tell you what he will say. He will either say, you're on a wing against France, or you're out of the team. Because, like, the sh- well, true enough, Liam Halfpenny is a Liam Halfpenny. Liam Halfpenny is a solution to wear number 15 next week, yeah. weekend, provided he's fit. Yeah, it's, it's whether Steph Evans is retained or not. That's the thing on the wing. I would dispense with the services. Ben, I know you've got a strong opinion on this as well. About Steph and Gareth Davis. I have like a strong opinion, do I? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I, I, you two in the office, well, not just you two, I won't, uh, all our colleagues in the office earlier were criticising him for his... No, not all. For the, ki- for the kicking. I think so, the kicking was the yeah. one of the big issues. You, you, you're you not keen on the fact well, that he kicks off his right foot when well, he's well, down on the left well, it's not, it's, What it is, essentially, if you're defending against Steph Evans, so you, Shane you, 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 you just show him enough of the touchline, assure him there, because you, you kind of know now he's going to chip it through. That's what he's yeah, looked at. Yeah. He doesn't look really too, too often to step back in from that position. He looks to chip through. Not all the time. That's a, that's a bit dark. No, but it, well, the different thing is that that chip through tactic works very well for the Scarlets. It worked well yeah. today. If Gareth Davis stayed on side, which he should have, I think, there's I no think reason whatsoever why he should have stayed on side. Yeah. It was like, uh, you, you know, but he, uh, he went too early. Uh, and uh, and as a result, the try was disallowed. The idea is that Steph holds his width, draw, draws the defence out wide, and then Gareth Davis is there infield. It's it's, it's it's a sort of rugby league-esque sort of move, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, hit, you, like, hit, you hit the touchline and then you chip back inside. It's like a little bit of the Lloyd Williams. That's exactly what it is. Lloyd Williams. Yeah, that, that one worked well. I mean, what, what went wrong there was Gareth had gone three or four yards too far and unfortunately yeah. the line showed it. <laughs> the thing with Steph, I like Steph. I think there's been lots of positives for him since he's come into the Wales team. And then it just again comes down to the thing, isn't it? Who is the best player to play if you've got a choice? You've got Liam Williams, you've got Steph Evans, you've got Halime Moss as well. Who is the best winger to play in? This is what the selection has come down to, isn't it? Steph is learning. He's learning Australian international Ooh. rugby and he's offered a lot of good things. Didn't quite work out for him today. Has he got the pace for the very top level? But these are the questions, ben. isn't it? These are the questions. I suppose. You, you ask, has he got the pace top level? And yeah, it's he, in the same way that Hal Amos has yeah, got the pace at the top level. Yeah, it's about having a rugby brain, isn't it? Yeah, Steph has got a good rugby brain, so does Amos. Absolutely. Um, you know, is the other issue, we, do we okay then, do we put Liam Williams on the wing? Is he fit enough to play on a wing? Internationally, is he over that problem? Or is he sharp at the moment? I don't know. He'd have to win a game and without knowing what's going on in the camp, you know. But uh, that's a big call. There's one of about four or five, yeah. aren't there? Four yeah. or five big calls. Fly half's another one. Yep. What are we going to do with fly half, Andrew? I would, still, I would stick with Anscombe against fans. I thought he did quite well. So Patchell did well off the thing. You're discounting the biggest. I'm not discounting him. He could, you know, in theory, he could come back. I think with Daniel Bigger, you either bring him back and start with him or you leave him up the 23 altogether. Um, I think for Wales' development going forward, they need to start with Patchell or Anscombe against France. I would stick with, uh, as they did today, with Anscombe and if necessary bring Patchell off the bench yeah I thought, I thought Anscombe was solid I mean well, he's made a lot of tackles and he's not exactly 14, for his tackling 14 tackles I mean I think the, an attacking sense one of the highlights was the chip over the top he, he, he's developed that skill really well it's not an easy one on the run at full pace chip and collect he did that well passing was generally good 
nature of the game that when Patchell came on it was breaking up a little bit more he started challenging the line and he looked really good lovely offload just managed to get his hands free for George North's second try yeah. uh, his cross kicks which to George North for the, the third try which was disallowed that was a pinpoint cross kick if I remember right which was disallowed the try I think because it was deemed to be a knock-on in the preceding mall you know so I, I thought again it's like the seven situation we're really fortunate. We've got two, you know, young fly halves there starting out internationally. You know, not too many starts in Test rugby. They're both looking to offer something really good, and it's another big call. I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think for continuity, there's been a lot of changes at ten this campaign. I would stick as it is yep. in the control of Anscombe, passing ability, and the threat. And then you've got Patchen when the game opens up. I think it's a good balance. What do you say, Ben? I'd be inclined to agree with that. I, I personally, I, you know, when we went with Patchell. I know you disagree with this because you believe the Twickenham performance was bad enough to be dropped, but yeah. in hindsight, I think we should have just stuck with Patchell and just had a campaign with one fly half, but we didn't do that. That's not the case. Went the bigger. That didn't work out against Ireland. Now we're with, pa- with Anscombe. He didn't do anything wrong today. Let's stick with him next week, see what happens. Different kind of game next week, isn't it? Well, I yeah. mean, fans yeah. going to be and a big challenge physically. And of course, those two have then got a chance to uh, take it on further in the summer against yeah. Africa and the two tests against Argentina because yeah. I suspect Bigger wouldn't be going on our tour anyway, he'd be rested. Yeah. You'd have thought so. Yeah. So, so the, probably the only other, we've talked with centre, Owen Watkins, Watkins there probably might be nodding ahead of, of Scott Williams now. Well, I thought today, uh, Owen Watkins, okay, he had limited opportunities. Good. Got to say, Adley Parks. You know, Head justified to be man of the match, super performance, uh, great for uh, Anscombe and Patchell inside him, and then uh, and he helped uh, nurse a rookie, Owen Watkin through. But I thought Owen Watkin, he made the most of that opportunity when he intercepted, and he, he, he superb what he did then because a lot of players would have died with that ball. He looked around immediately, saw where he had to head to find support from George North. And he fit, he beat one man, Crazy. fixed the yeah. defender as well, so the defender couldn't get yeah. north, and he threw a great pass. How many players do you know who would have found, who wouldn't have found north with the pass, well, or he would have gone? Just look him. at Scotland yesterday. You know, very yes. similar situation. Peter Horn, so, so when, when, when Hugh Jones went through and bombed the pass, hand, and, yeah. you know, and then Peter Horn. So you know, a young lad, you know, when Watkins has shown these players would have to do it. <laughs> well, he, play to him. In fairness, we had two centres today who did the basics very well. Very, you know, Parks well. is just a typical New Zealand rugby player. Does the basics so well. Well, I asked, I asked uh, Gatland in the post-match press conference about uh, Hadley Parks. I said, "Can you just talk a little bit about what he brings as a second man of the match award?" He said, "Basically, he doesn't make any mistakes. And he doesn't. Hardly any." He sounded surprised at the one mistake he made as well, didn't he, yeah. Gatland? He was sort of like he, he, he dropped an offload, and he's, he's got an all-round game, hasn't he? He's got passing ability. He's got ability to truck it up. He's got a boot on him as well. He's a strong defender. Just makes the right call. At times, it's like watching. As I said earlier with Ben when we were doing the video. It's like watching an adult play with kids. Sometimes it just seems to be so mature. Yeah. The, the moment, know? the moment that stuck out for me, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's it's a small moment, but it just stuck out. Is Wales were trying to go wide, and I think Corey Hill had fumbled from the back of a rock, and so they're they're going sideways, going backwards. He gets the ball, he just looks up, and he just dabs a kick through along the ground into the twenty-two. You've been reading my view from the press box before it's published. Uh, that's oh. exactly the moment Ben, great mind sinker, like that's the moment I picked picked up because he could have shipped the ball on, put something in the yeah. ball. Instead, he calmly looked up, drills it through, doesn't it? Drilled it through into space, into the target area. Class. It okay. must be something in the Kiwi gene pool, isn't it? But 
these people they just don't panic do they they have time in the ball they just make the right calls they just like so kind of efficient in what they do as a rugby player he's becoming the glue the exact word Gatlin used he's ready as well obviously in advance (laughs) that's that's the words Gatlin used I compare him okay he's not such a good player I might not see but I would compare him to Conrad Smith did the same thing for the uh, for the All Blacks and yeah. uh, it, you know did it cleaned up the it cleans up things really put a foot wrong he's, he's, one, for, he's, one, he's one for the rugby purist isn't he really he, he's not the sort of like he is, gonna, he, he's not, he's not going to score a, a 70 metre try or, or sidestep three people but he just does everything there, right. there, was, there was one moment in the second half where he, he did something else really well <laughs> kind of what it was <laughs> And uh, I didn't think he put that chip in in the second half. It was, it was a, something. It was, a, it was a move that basically put, put George oh, North in a good position. And afterwards, North came over and he just slapped him in the hand. And I was thinking, George North is, is mulling over which region he wants to join next season. He said, and he'd be looking at that. Yeah. Road, so wouldn't mind playing outside there, maybe. Oh, that, yeah, again, <laughs> you know? again. That, so hey, listen, you know, I, I, I like Hadley Parks. I like what he's brought. Um, well, what's interesting, of course, with Adley Parks in New Zealand, he wasn't a big name at all. He didn't play many. He didn't play much Super Rugby yeah. for the, the the Blues. In fact, he went to the Kings in South Africa to get games, and then went back to the other Kings where he was understudied and uh, Nono and um, Thomas Smith. I think played six matches, and oh. then he followed Wayne Pivot over here after the, playing for him for the Auckland Province. Oh, we can what a sign he's been! And does that show what a shrewd, shrewd judge of a player Pivot is? Wayne Pivot, uh, Welsh rugby owes him quite a bit, don't they? Well, he's, he's spotted quite a few players, hasn't he? Tagged yeah, in and yeah. out, you know. Yeah, so... Um, Marks out of 10 for the performance, and Yeah, there we go. Saves me thinking of a question. Uh, six and a half. Oh, it's a little bit. Six and a half. Six seven. and a half. No, six and a half, seven. I seven, I got seven. Seven, I got seven. Yeah, yeah. seven. yeah, they weren't playing uh, Ireland today, mind. They no. were playing Italy. What? But what? What do we think though? In terms, in terms yeah. of the France game, obviously there's no title at stake. But do you still think that's an important game? Well, it is on the money front for the Welsh Rugby Union and the players. But for the team, you know, in terms yeah, of, of their development. Yeah, hey, because like I said, we we're going to finish in fifth year, isn't it? If you mm. look, if England could well be the island at Twickenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotland win in Italy, France win here, then Wales then drop down to fifth. Could do. That's the points. What's the points? Well, Wales have got 11 and I think the three below are on 10, 10 and uh, eight, Scotland, is it? Scotland are on 8 France and England well they're are on, you know Scotland could overall Wales well, yeah, Scotland, Scotland yeah. get 5 points there so it's oh, a it's big you know, for, isn't it? you know it's Absolutely, a heavy yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of stake game, isn't it? Isn't, it? isn't it the last yeah. game in Super Sunday the Wales-France game it is yeah, yeah. start to kick off with uh, Italy-Scotland then. so Wales will go into the game <laughs> knowing, knowing exactly they got that should be a benefit for them so will France France. Hey, you look at France. Odds, odds France. Are. If it hadn't been for that Johnny Sexton drop goal That's it. in the final minute, France be fighting for the title next weekend. That's it. Odds, odds are it will be a second place shootout between yeah. us and France. Yeah. Both teams know it. Yeah, I think it's, a t- it's going to be a tough test for Wales as well. I think you know the last two weeks, um, Brunel, the new coach, has come in. Um, he's got players there playing for us. He's been on a block for years and years. New French, yeah. new, French <laughs> coach. new French coach. He's got. In fact, I mean, he might be older than you and I. He's got. He's got Bastero kind of effectively acting as the fulcrum for a lot of what goes on there because he's just. Yeah. He's, he's just such an opt out, isn't he? Such a. Cl- if you're in any kind of trouble, Matthew will just carry it on. And he, he's, he's an interesting character, Bastero. Right, he's been up, a few ups and downs his career. 
right? But he looked pretty switched on and pumped up yesterday. And when he's in that so mood, he's gone. difficult he's to stop. He's difficult to stop. They got Trent Duke has gone to ten. I thought that's brought more elements of control. You know, yeah. you know, they at least he's got the experience there. He makes mistakes, but until they brought on Boxies, I got a question up for Ben. <laughs> Boxies can Bastille be a liability for? Fans? Yeah, he. Like you knew I was going to bring this point up, didn't you? Um, yeah. What sense? For for me, he's, he's an all tanker on the turn. <laughs> yeah, it's that. You know, I think Graham Price did a column a couple of years ago at Jamie Roberts in that he's our biggest strength, but he's also our greatest weakness. England offered very little last night, but when they did break through, it was because they isolated Bastro and then switched it out wide. And if England can do that with the ponderous looking attack that they had in all honesty last night you, you, you'd back Wales yeah Wales and stretch them to do that too mm. who was yeah. that bloke you just mentioned eh? Jamie Roberts god I didn't think we'd be saying this but Wales are not missing it because well, Parks has done so well they've kind of moved on I mean yeah. what Parks offers them is, is the ability to play in a couple of different ways and I mean, yeah, Jamie never, never particularly had a great much of a kicking game it was, he, he played in a particular way that suited Wales when they were playing in that style when they were playing to physicality they've looked to move things on a little bit now but they've got a guy in Parks we talked about the you know mixing things up when you need to Parks is a kind of one man mixer up isn't it because you can yes. play it any way you want it what we have to work out a way is having a pack of forwards who can do the same, and that's a big challenge, you know. I thought Corey Hill was a plus again today. I just like what he offers in terms of his ball handling. He's been worse standout lock in the tournament. I think with Alan Wynn coming back next week, Andy mentioned it, interesting decision to make it tighter. Thomas Francis did have a fine game today. I think they he, probably he will go. Yeah, I think they probably will go back to the All Scarlets front mm-hmm. row. Well, Rob Ems upstairs. Rob looked so good when he came on, didn't he? Well, you know, even though uh, Elliot D did well, and it was good. Hey, listen, this is the thing. You've got we've got five or six players now over most of this tournament as people you, you have no qualms whatsoever about putting on the pitch, mm-hmm. and that's a good positive. If we cut to the chase, though, you know Wales. I'll get in first. Wales can definitely beat France next week. I would expect Wales to win that match. It might be with a bit of luck, but. but yeah. Both teams, I suspect, they're going to be right up for it, going for second place, and I'm hoping for a fantastic battle in Cardiff because it is important that France return uh, to, to somewhere near their best. It'd be good for rugby. Just not next week. Not next week. Well, no, yeah, I want them to be at their best next week. But Wales to be better and beat them. Let's have a classic Test match to finish the Six Nations. Bring it on. Yeah, I suppose that's the that's the place to finish. It, it is in Cardiff, and you know that's all the Six Nations comes down. It's about home victories, isn't it? Away, you know. You're stronger. You're stronger at home. It's about getting those away victories, and it'd be remiss not to mention that Ireland are the Six Nations champions, deservedly yeah. so. And it comes down to the fact that they are the one team who have won the big game away. In the big moment, the big man Sexton stood up, and that was the turning point. Their Grand Slam could have been over at step one. Yeah. yeah. Big moments, big teams deliver, and big yeah. players deliver. Yeah, but that is that's the same as most tournaments, though, isn't it? Yeah. And it's about, it's about who, who gets the away victory. If you look at Super Rugby yeah. or Champions. Cup and all that, but who gets away uh, victories? And that's just the, that's uh, domestic, you know, leagues, uh, Premiership, Pro 14. Uh, so you know, gets you in those and, positions. And it's going to be a great final uh, day for the Irish. I think it's it's um, St Patrick's Day, it is. and it's also the Cheltenham Festival. I think this week, so it could well be a, a quite an eventful week in the Irish uh, rugby followers. And uh, they've only ever won two Grand Slams, 1948, 2009. That's the magnitude of what they're aiming for next yeah. weekend. One thing that caught my eye after that game yesterday is because uh, they've won the title and you think, oh, perhaps next week doesn't really matter. Twerking yeah, on England. But it sounded like they're on it because what Johnny Sexton said, do you know what he said? I've never actually won a triple crown. 
for Ireland because even when they've won the title, they've lost, lost against either uh, England or Wales. Yeah. yeah. Here's one question for you though. Final question. In a way, in a way, has the bonus points devalued the end of the competition? Because no. without them, you'd still be going in next week potentially with the title at stake. I think it's a good competition. Think some, I think points. someone proved on on Twitter that <laughs> you can exclude all the butterfly effect and all that nonsense. But even without bonus points, Ireland would still have had the championship wrapped up at this point. Because wouldn't it be come down a points difference, wouldn't it? So you could never know what would happen on the points difference front. Because you would have yeah, what you'd have is you'd have yeah, both teams with four. You know, it obviously it would have required England to beat France. Clearly, yeah, England, you know, England you know, lost two. Yeah, but I mean yeah. that changed. Yeah. It changed the dynamic of the France England game. England knowing they had to get four tries going into the match. But yeah. hey, listen, I think you're right. Oh, they would have it wrapped up already. Wouldn't yeah, they would have this, yeah. with the way yeah, the France with, with France now. winning. Yeah, but yeah. you know, but. I, uh, they listen. Did win. You can't rewrite history. They won. <laughs> hey, listen, Ireland have been the best team in the championship, and hats off to them. Absolutely, and that is the perfect place to end there because you fellas want to get home, I'm sure. I've got to wait nearly an hour for a train bang now because of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always. I'll uh, help you edit it. We'll, we'll never get done. Oh. Uh, we'll never get out. <laughs> Uh, that's all for the Welsh Rugby Podcast. You can catch all the latest reaction to the Italy win and the build-up to the France game on Wales Online.